Hello, and welcome to Buddhism Guide's audio blog, a contemporary look at Gautama Buddha's teachings from Karma Yeshi Rabge. For more information, visit www.buddhismguide.org. You can find more episodes of this audio blog on iTunes and Stitcher Podcasts. Episode 24 Buddhism and Homosexuality Is homosexuality forbidden in Buddhism? Is it sexual misconduct? Let's look at what Gautama Buddha and Tibetan Buddhism says. Gautama Buddha stated in one of the five precepts that lay people should refrain from sexual misconduct. He never really elaborated on this point, only to say that a man should not have sexual relations with a woman that is married or betrothed. He did, of course, say in the Vinaya, which are the rules for monks and nuns, that they have to take a vow of celibacy, but no such rule was made for lay people. So he left this precept sweet and simple. In some ways this is a good thing, as I don't think holy men and religions should concern themselves with the sexual act. However, as it is so vague, it does give others a chance to interpret it in a way that suits their worldview and allows them to tag all their prejudices onto it. I personally believe that Gautama Buddha taught the five precepts to steer us away from causing harm to ourselves and others. It should be noted here that the precepts are not commandments. They are five things we should try to refrain from. If the sexual act is not going to cause harm, it should be consensual, affectionate, loving and not breaking any marriage vow or commitment. It should also not be abusive, such as sex with an underage person or rape and this includes forcing your partner into having sex. So I believe in this way a consenting, loving homosexual act isn't in any way against Gautama Buddha's teachings. In Tibetan Buddhism, it is viewed quite differently. In fact, Dalai Lama has come out, excuse the pun, and said that from a Buddhist point of view, lesbian and gay sex is considered sexual misconduct. Now, he is not deriving this view from the discourse of Gautama Buddha, but from a 15th century Tibetan scholar called Tsongkhapa. Here is a brief outline of Tsongkhapa's medieval thinking. He prohibits sex between two men, but not between two women. He prohibits masturbation, oral and anal sex. He does not allow sex for anyone during daylight hours, but allows men five orgasms during the night. He allows men to pay for sex from prostitutes. He gave a full list of what orifices and organs may and may not be used, and even what place and time people can have sex. It has to be noted that Gautama Buddha never made these distinctions. As you can see, Tsongkhapa heavily weighed the odds in men's favour. Not surprising, as he was a man. In fact, it appears his list only seems to be aimed at men. In Tibetan culture, women should do what men want them to do. That point comes across loud and clear when married women who are seen to belong to their husband, 
have no say in whether they have sex or not. It would appear Tonkapa was trying to force lay people to adhere to rules that were actually meant for monks and nuns. This way of thinking stems not from Buddhism, but is a cultural thing. It does seem that Tonkapa's view is out of step with today's society, and so we have to go back to what Gautama Buddha meant by sexual misconduct. He wanted us to reflect on our acts and see if they bring harm or are helpful. So in this context, I believe if we want to know if an act constitutes sexual misconduct or not, we should ask ourselves the following questions. Does the act cause harm or does it bring joy? Is the act motivated by love and understanding? Would you like if someone did this to you? Is there mutual consent? If there is mutual consent between two adults, it is not abusive and is an expression of love, respect and loyalty, I believe it cannot be classified as sexual misconduct, irrespective of whether it is between a man and a woman, two men or two women. As I stated earlier, I do not believe religions should get involved with people's sexuality. We cannot choose our sexual orientation, as we cannot choose our race or gender. So it is cruel to penalise someone for something out of their control. So in answer to the two questions posed at the beginning of this piece, I believe homosexuality should not be forbidden in Buddhism, and homosexuals should not be made to feel guilty for loving someone of the same sex. I also believe homosexuality should not be regarded as sexual misconduct if it is not causing harm and is loving and consensual. You can find more information about this subject in Kama Yeshe Rabge's books The Best Way to Catch a Snake and Life's Meandering Path. They're available now from Amazon and Kindle. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed Buddhism Guide's audio blog. Until next time, remember, the only person we can ever truly know is ourself.